Get your ass up. It's the Queen Cable Podcast. Hey, hey, it's the Queen Cable Podcast. Get your ass up. It's the Queen Cable Podcast. It's the Queen Cable Podcast. Better get in tune when she broadcasts small feed. Better pay attention when she broadcasts all facts. Might learn something with your dog ass. Get yourself checked on a Sunday. Just might get you right on a Monday. Aim high. Why you can make it big someday? Cause when I say aim, I ain't talking about the gunplay. Even though we straight from the hood with it. Any topic we can talk was good with it. Midwest we putting on, you a artist in your song Think your track hot, we gon' see when she put it on They either gon' vibe or they gon' leave when she put it on That's G, get to know about Queen No subject, look, she just might open up Not play this and freestyle when she open up No play thing on the low, she be going nuts Got the city going up This the type of show you listen to when you're rolling up Or chilling at the crib with your family, y'all pouring up Get some knowledge and a laugh on this podcast Queen representing for the people on this podcast Get some knowledge and a laugh on this podcast Queen representing for the people on this podcast It's the Queen Quimmel Podcast Get your ass up It's the Queen Quimmel Podcast You stay gay, Hello, everybody. Today is December the 10th, 2018, and you're listening to the Queen Quamo Podcast. And you know what? Today's episode, we're going to do something a little different today. I know everybody's in the Christmas spirit, and they're listening to their Christmas jams, and they're, and they're drinking hot cocoa with the kids. And they're just so excited around this time of the year. I can't deny it. I've been in the Christmas spirit as well. But I want to talk about that. What the hell is the Christmas spirit? Where the hell does Christmas come from? Why the fuck do we celebrate Christmas? And is Jesus Christ happy about us niggas celebrating Christmas? I want to talk about all of that today. Now, let me throw a disclaimer out here. Number one, please, please, please don't get all pissed off because I'm giving y'all a history lesson about Christmas. If you don't like it, I'm sorry. But you know me, I got to get you the real. Now, if you still want to celebrate Christmas, you are free to celebrate Christmas, baby. Quamo ain't trying to rain on nobody parade. However, <clears throat> clear throat. <clears throat> I gotta get y'all the facts, baby. So I gotta let y'all know where Christmas really fucking come from. So, with that being said, let me go ahead and put a brief little intermission in here, and then we'll be right back with the origin of Christmas, baby. Hey. Want to get caught up on your latest Queen Quamo podcast episodes and just can't find the time? No problem. I can help with that. Listen to Queen Quamo podcast while you shit, while you take a bath, while you do your baby's hair. Listen to Queen Quamo podcast everywhere. That's right. Everywhere. Search Queen Quamo podcast on Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Google Play Music, etc. Listen to Queen Quamo podcast and holler at your fucking girl. Yeah. Search Queen Quamo podcast. That's right. Her website is www.queenquamo.com. And I'm back, okay? First of all, I want to say shout out to Anchor for fucking fucking with your girl and giving me some sponsorships. Let me get them a round of applause for that shit, hell. Shout out to them. Shout out to fucking Anchor FM, man. Finally got some sponsorships, you feel me? All right, it's enough. 
finally got some sponsorships, you feel me? So, yeah, if y'all be hearing little commercials, that's what it is. So when you got spare time, y'all, holla at your girl. Keep clicking, keep playing, keep listening, because y'all making shit more easier for me and making it possible. And y'all know in return, I do my giveaways and I deliver. So shout out to Anchor FM. Also, y'all know I got to do my little announcements, and then I'll get right into the shit. Also, I am now able to take monthly subscription donations. So, if you want to support my podcast show and by donating $0.99, cent, $4.99, uh, $9.99, you do those on a once-a-month basis. And if you want to make those contributions and donations to the Queen Quaymo podcast so I could get better equipment and you know, really step my motherfucking game up as a podcaster because y'all know I do what I can out here in these streets. You feel me? If that's what y'all want to do, y'all want to support your girl in the notes of this description and the notes in the description of this episode, it'll say support this podcast. Click on that link. It'll be a, a direct link to uh, put your information in and everything is secured and all of that shit. So let me give another round of applause to that because I did get a couple of uh, sponsors from that as well. So shout out to y'all. Let me do that one more time. Thank y'all, man. Y'all make this shit possible. I fuck with y'all. I love y'all. Y'all do what y'all can. And, okay, last announcement. I'm still doing the planner sale. So, the, the the planners are on sale for $15. If you buy a $15 planner, you get the self-check Sunday notebook for free. The self-check Sunday notebooks are $6.50 right now. So, that sale is going on until the new year. However, when the new year comes, there'll be a second edition of the self-check Sunday notebooks and the planner. I'm just updating them because... Um, I use the planner and notebook with y'all, so I see a few things that I want to change. I got some feedback from uh, customers who already made purchases, so I'm trying to just make them where they're, uh, you know, extra litty. You feel me? They already fucking lit, so shout out to everybody that bought one that been using their self-check Sunday notebooks and planners. Shout out to y'all for using y'all shit and supporting your girl, and I'm updating it. It'll be out by the next, uh, by the beginning of next year, so shout out to y'all. Man, thank everybody for listening and choosing Queen Quaymo podcast. You know, one more, you know what? Let me give y'all a round of applause. All of my fucking listeners and all my black people, shout out to y'all. That's right, y'all deserve that. Y'all the motherfucking shit. All of y'all. All of y'all the shit. You feel me? I know y'all probably listening to this on your way to work. Like, bitch, get with the show. Dang, you be dragging shit out. Dang, bitch. All right, y'all, all right. I heard y'all. So we're going to talk about the origin of Christmas. Let's do that right now. So I know a lot of y'all probably been celebrating Christmas since the shorty. I used to celebrate Christmas too. And I still kind of been like partaking and shit. I'm not really crazy about Christmas. I never really have been. Probably when I was younger, I did. Because we used to celebrate when we was younger. But my mama started studying with Jehovah Witnesses when I was young. So we kind of stopped celebrating Christmas way early in the game. And then plus we was poor. So shit, it was all right anyway. We never really was crazy, crazy about Christmas. But, you know, who don't like putting up Christmas lights and drinking cocoa and, uh, you know, just getting all in the Christmas spirit, doing all of that Christmas shit, being around their family and gifts. And, you know, it's just a good time of the year. Everybody get together. But, you know, Christmas, let's keep it real. The origin of Christmas is pretty fucking sinister. Matter, As a matter of fact, you know, they said that Christmas, everyone knows, like a lot of people, I, I can't say everyone, but a lot of people know 
that Christmas originally had nothing at all to do with Jesus Christ. You know, that it originally came from pagan worship and uh, people who worshiped the sun god and uh, Saturnus. And then there was a rumor about uh, Nimrod. And it's just all type of stuff associated with a lot of uh, different pagan religions. And it got mixed into being part of a Christian belief. So what happened was way back in the jungle deep, well, now let me not say back in the jungle deep, but way back in the motherfucking day, way back in the day, uh, the Catholics started accepting the pagans into that church. They was trying to blend it in. And of course, like everything else, it was a way to be corrupt, to gain power and to gain money. So the pagans, uh, so the Catholic religion and the Catholic church started accepting the pagans. And when the pagans came into the church, they brought some of their religions and rituals with them. So a lot of the things that are associated with um, Christianity have been rooted from pagan religion and worship. Now, do I personally, do I personally feel like, um, do I personally feel like that Christmas is corrupt? Yes, I do. I do absolutely feel like Christmas is corrupt. I feel like it's not about what society makes it be about. I feel like it's a big, big marketing scheme. And it was just, it was another way to be commercialized and take over like everything else in the world. So, you know, that happened though. Basically, that's where it stems from. So, I, a matter of fact, before I even get any further into the conversation, I'm going to include a clip. And this clip is going to talk about the pagan roots of Christmas. So, y'all go ahead and listen to this clip real quick. This has always been the greatest time of the year to celebrate and practice the works of darkness. The pagan calendar identifies this period as the winter solstice. It was during the pre-Christian midwinter pagan celebrations of Scandinavia's Norsemen where today's Christmas traditions began. As a means of honoring the pagan sex and fertility god Yule, a 12-day celebration during the month of December was inaugurated. A large single log considered to be a phallic idol was lit on fire and kept burning for 12 days. Animal or human sacrifices were offered in the fire on each of those days. Wild, delirious reveling accompanied the daily sacrifices as drunken participants defiantly strove to make contact with spirits. A thousand miles away in pre-Christian Rome, celebrants were paying homage to their own gods during the winter solstice. Witchcraft traditions hold that a number of pagan gods were given birth during this period, including Dionysus, Attis, and Baal, chief male god of fertility and licentiousness. Another pagan god from Persia, identified as Mithra, was said to have been born specifically on December 25th. Mithra was the god of the unconquerable sun, the god of the light between heaven and earth, worshipped at that time by an influential Roman cult. His birth symbolized an end to the long nights and a return to the dominance of the sun. During the month-long winter solstice celebration, courts in Rome were closed. Any and all crimes were allowed. Homosexuality, cross-dressing, and uncontrolled debauchery reigned supreme. Rome's order was turned upside down. 
Even children were allowed to join in the drunken orgies as part of the Juvenalia celebration. By 270 AD, the Roman Emperor Aurelian had made it official, setting aside a seven-day period from December the 17th through the 24th, culminating in an exchange of gifts on December the 25th to celebrate the birth of the sun god. This Roman orgy to end all orgies later became known as Saturnalia in honor of the god Saturn, the god of excess. Well, there you have it. There's a clip that kind of talks about a little bit about the pagan origin of Christmas. And you can watch this full. It's a whole entire documentary. You can find it on YouTube. It's called Christians Should Not Celebrate Christmas slash Saturnalia, the pagan holiday. Now, reason why I decided to disclose this, because a lot of people, a lot of people that say that they are true Christians celebrate Christmas. If you are a true Christian, if you are a true Christian and you believe in the Messiah, the Most High, all of that good stuff, then you know that Christmas don't have nothing to do with God. You feel me? And ain't nobody judging. However, if you're going to do something, you should at least know why you do it. You feel me? So I want to get a little bit more into it. Now, I don't know if y'all heard in the clip. Basically, they said in the clip, the Roman Catholic cult slash church, they got on ahead together. They went on ahead and they accepted those pagan origins, even though they had scriptures. They even had scriptures that didn't support that Christmas was the birth of Jesus Christ. They even had scriptures that did not support that. You feel me? Or they had scriptures that did support that Jesus Christ was not born on December 25th, but they ignored that because they was trying to get the pagans to come along into the church to, you know, keep on gaining power and money because that's what it was all about. So to this day, Christmas is still a big, big marketing scam. You feel me? Like they, everybody spends a lot, a lot of money on Christmas. A lot of people, you know, get together for Christmas, your families, all of that stuff. So like, I, I know for a fact, I used to celebrate it, like I said, a little bit. Like when I was a kid, I really didn't celebrate. But when I got grown, you know, I, I got a lot of friends with kids. My sister got kids. So I always wanted to like buy stuff for the kids, you know, because it's, it's nice to see the kids open up presents, you know, all of that other stuff. And I just thought about how much money I spent. Man, I was spending like $500 and I only got kids, you know, just on just on getting kids presents like $500. So I'm like, damn, that's a lot of money. And I had stopped. So like for like four years, I didn't celebrate Christmas. You know, I didn't do birthdays. I didn't do Christmas. I didn't do none of those holidays because I knew they rooted from pagan. You feel me? So what I was doing is just taking my own day and instituting to buy people gifts. And it was cheaper. You know, it was cheaper for me to just do stuff when I got tax money on a good day like that, etc. And so anyways, Christmas is a big, big marketing scam. This is how this is how crazy this should be on Christmas. All right. Back in the day, back in the day, like I said, it the pagans had brought it into the Christian church. So um Santa Claus. Santa Claus, you know, they call him also Saint Nicholas. Well, when it originally was instituted into the Catholic religion and Christians started celebrating it. Santa Claus was a pope. You feel me? 
Like the outfit that Santa Claus got on now, it used to be like what a Pope wear. That's why they called him St. Nicholas, you know, because originally when Santa Claus came into the picture of Christmas, he was a Pope. However, y'all never believe who changed the fucking image of Santa Claus. Fucking Coca-Cola, y'all. Coca-Cola changed the image of Santa Claus. Cause see, back in the day, like when 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 uh Santa Claus and Christmas and all of that shit started being like brought into the Catholic church. It used to be St. Nicholas. And then when you used to get like, when you be good, you get St. Nicholas and he bring you presents and all of that shit. But when you be bad, you get Democus, the dog. So it used to be, that's why they had that. Uh, he knows when you are sleeping. He knows when you're awake. He knows when you've been bad or good. So be good for goodness sake. So, like, if you was good, you got St. Nicholas. If you was bad, you got that dog. And the dog was supposed to be evil and eating kids and all of this other stuff. Like, it's a lot of sinister root to it. So, when they start seeing, like, all of the money that's involved with Christmas and how it be, like, was a good way to market and it became, um, and it became commercialized, Coca-Cola had changed the image of Santa Claus. So, the big, fat, jolly man with the red suit, coca Coca-Cola created that image. He never used to look like that. So they seen that that image was more friendly. That image was more jolly. That's what kids like. So they took that image and ran with it. And every year to this day, you know, that Santa Claus that y'all see, that, you know, Coca-Cola, they they created that. You feel me? But before then, you know what? Let me put a clip. That way y'all be like, nah, bitch, I don't believe you. You know what? I'm going to put a clip that's going to talk about the origin of St. Nicholas and how, uh, uh, I said Chicago, how Coca-Cola changed up how that nigga look. Hold on. It's hard to imagine. No boots, red suit, and white beard. But what many don't realize is what we're talking about is a world without artist Haddon Sunbloom. I think now when people envision Santa Claus. They envision the Coca-Cola Santa Claus. Many of them don't even know the origin. The fact of Haddon Sunbloom painted this perfect vision of Santa Claus and kept his vision of Santa Claus consistent for over 30 years. It all began with this 1931 painting. It's Sunbloom's first Santa, the one he created for Coca-Cola's Thirst Knows No Season campaign. It was really Santa. He's big, he's jolly, he's wearing red and white, and he looked like Santa. A visible departure from the first Santa Coke experimented with in 1923. That Santa was a mean-looking Santa. And then again with artist Fred Meisen in 1930. The ad was so popular that we uh, used Haddon Sunbloom uh, to paint his vision of Santa Claus every year from 1931 until 1964. It was Sunbloom's Santa that was a hit, and yet the original he painted over. Take yourself back to the uh, 30s and you're in the middle of the Depression. And if you're an artist, the most expensive thing that you have is canvas and paint. So Sunbloom took that same 31 Santa and he just modified it a little bit. He put a hat on him. He changed the arm angle slightly and put a, a whip in his hand for the reindeer. So you can see the first and the third Santa Claus painting all in the same painting. Throughout the year, Sunbloom's neighbor served as his model Santa. But when he passed away, the painter became the model. It backfired on him one year when he was looking in the mirror and he painted this belt buckle and mirror image. So the, in the painting, the belt is actually drawn backwards. See, I told y'all, shit. I ain't got a lot to y'all, man. Christmas is all about marketing. It's all about money. And don't get it twisted. Y'all ain't trying to take the, uh, the spirit away from y'all. You feel me? I ain't trying to take nobody's holiday spirit, but we got to expose this shit for what it is because especially black people, man, we be going so fucking hard for Christmas. 
we go hard for Christmas, you know. And we don't even be talking about Kwanzaa, which I'm going to get into that too. We got to talk about Kwanzaa and we got to talk about Hanukkah. We got to talk about both of those two holidays. But yeah, Santa Claus, man, yeah, the nigga used to be called St. Nicholas. You know, he still calls St. Nicholas sometimes. And he used to have a dog. Uh, and the dog, I said his name was Demarcus. The dog name was Krampus or something like that. Krampus, Krampus, Krampus. And I'm going to include a clip with that too because see, a lot of people don't know about Krampus, but that's when they replaced the dog with the motherfucking reindeers, y'all. Like, let me just play a clip. That way y'all know. Y'all know I'm the clip queen. I got to include some facts. I'm from the Show Me State, Show Me 7, Show Me 8, Nelly voice. But I'm going to go ahead and include a clip from that. Then I want to talk about Hanukkah and Kwanzaa, too. Each year during the Christmas holiday in many Alpine countries of Europe, an unlikely duo pay visit to the many children of the region. While St. Nicholas is busy rewarding good children with presents, a more infamous companion follows along for a different, more disturbing reason. Bad children are met by a half-goat, half-demon figure whose goal was to make sure that those who misbehaved during the year were severely punished. He is known as Krampus, the evil counterpart of St. Nicholas. <laughs> the legend of Krampus dates back to pre-Germanic paganism in Europe. He is believed to be the son of Hel, the ruler of the underworld in Norse mythology. The name Krampus originates with the German word Krampen, which means claw. In the 17th century, he was added to the Christian celebrations in the Alpine regions of Europe, and there he was paired with St. Nicholas in his journeys on the night before St. Nicholas's feast, which took place on December 6th. Krampus's frightening appearance only added to his fearsome reputation. He has large horns, matted, filthy fur, and cloven hooves. His tongue is long and pointed, with his teeth as sharp fangs. Krampus carries chains, symbolizing the bindings of the devil by the Christian church. He would thrash his chains for dramatic effect to frighten his victims. At the very least, he would leave coal for those undeserving of gifts. He carried bundles of birch branches to swat and hit bad children with. However, the most terrifying aspect of Krampus was the basket or sack strapped to his back. He used to stuff naughty children in so he could transport them to the underworld. These bad children could be tortured, drowned, and possibly eaten by him in his lair in hell. All right, I had to turn this shit off. That fucking music was creepy and just, just like, <laughs> that shit was too scary. Shit, but yeah. There you have it, y'all. That shit. That they don't be talking about that though. They don't talk about Krampus, Krampus, whatever he says his name is. They don't talk about Krampus. They don't talk about Saint Nicholas like that. And then we be sitting up here saying, like, a lot of people be like, "Well, I don't do it for that. I do it for family." Okay, that's fine if you do it for family. But I just feel like, like black people, we do too much shit with tradition. Why we can't do our own tradition? Like, why we can't do Kwanzaa? Which is what I want to get into. Let's talk about Kwanzaa. Let's talk about the origin of Kwanzaa. Why would she celebrate Kwanzaa, etc. All right, y'all. So now I want to talk about Kwanzaa. Let's talk about Kwanzaa. Now, I've never celebrated Kwanzaa. I've always been interested in trying to celebrate Kwanzaa. 
And what actually brought this to my attention, one of my homies, one of my Facebook friends was uh, telling me that she's not celebrating Christmas this year, that she's going to be celebrating Kwanzaa. And I thought that was so dope. You know, I thought it was dope that she wanted to get back uh, to teaching her kids and her own family something about our heritage. You know, and so Kwanzaa basically, Kwanzaa basically is a week-long celebration that was instituted in 1966 by a professor named, uh, let me look him up, hold on. His name is Dr. Milana Karanga. And he started uh, Kwanzaa in 1966, around the same time that there was the revolution going on, the Black Panther Party, all of that other stuff. And he was feeling like, before we could start a revolution, we need to get back to like educating ourselves of our culture and building each other up in black unity. And the only way to do that is to start like educating ourselves about Africa and getting back to doing things from our African roots. So um, Kwanzaa is based off of seven principles. So it's Omaja, which is unity, striving, and maintaining unity in the family, in the community. Kujala, and that's self-determination, defining oneself and speaking for oneself. Ujima, and that's collective work and responsibility, meaning uh, building and maintaining the community and making our brothers and sisters' problems our own, solving them together. Ujama, a cooperative economics, and that's building and maintaining our businesses for ourselves and each other. Nia, which is purpose, to build and develop our collective communities together. Kuamba which is creativity, to do whatever we can do to leave our communities more beautiful than we inherited them, and Imana, which is faith, to believe with our hearts in our people, our families, and righteousness in our struggles. So I thought it was a beautiful thing. I really think it's a beautiful thing of what he was trying to do and trying to institute for our people based off of those seven principles. So it's a, again, it's a week-long celebration from December 26th to uh, January 7th. It's seven symbols that you're supposed to do for each day of Kwanzaa. And y'all can look up those seven symbols because I'm going to butcher the hell out of these names. Y'all know I'm horrible with names. But yeah, man, Kwanzaa, uh, it seems like a pretty dope holiday to get into. It's like, I'm not really sure of what we could do anymore. But I feel like if I was to do anything, I probably would do Kwanzaa. You know, I probably would do Kwanzaa because... Kwanzaa is more for our people. You feel me? Kwanzaa is something that I feel like is a good idea. You know, it's a good idea to institute to get us back into worshiping, uh, not worshiping, get us back into uh, educating ourselves and uh, getting that black unity that we need. You know, we we need black unity more than anything right now. You feel me? So, yeah, do y'all research about Kwanzaa if you're interested in um, celebrating Kwanzaa, you feel me? Because it seems like a really uh, good idea to initiate and start. And as a matter of fact, I want to include a clip talking about Kwanzaa. So just hold on a minute. The gathering of the people, a special reverence for the creator and creation, a commemoration of the past, a recommitment to our highest ideals, and a celebration of all that is good. Kwanzaa is a time of reassessing, reaffirming and rewarding all that we have done within the past year and is also a holiday that reflects our African culture. Kwanzaa is celebrated from December 26th to January 1st, seven days. 
One candle is lit for each day of Kwanzaa. Each candle represents a different principle of the Nguzu Saba, or set of principles. During the seven days of Kwanzaa, the head of the household pours libation to honor our ancestors into a bowl or potted plant. And the family collectively drink from the Kikombe Cha Umoja, meaning the unity cup. Then the family closes with seven collective cheers of Harambe. Harambe means let's pull together. Harambe! Kwanzaa. Preparations for Kwanzaa should start about a week before Kwanzaa actually begins. On December 19th, one should begin to gather and arrange your Kwanzaa symbols. Any decorations, such as African carvings or straw baskets, should be in a red, black, and green color scheme, symbolizing the Bendera Ya Taifa, which means flag of the black nation. The red represents the blood that was shed during the liberation struggle of our people. The black represents the collective color of all black people here in the States and abroad. The green represents the land, specifically the land of Africa, and the life and the future that we plan to build together as African people. In addition to the Bendera Ya Taifa, one should also include African carvings, African art, and other decorations that are reflective of our African culture. In this segment, we'll be discussing the seven symbols of Kwanzaa. The seven symbols of Kwanzaa are as follows. One, the Mkeka. The Mkeka is the straw mat. The straw mat represents our tradition. It's the foundation upon what everything rests. The second symbol of Kwanzaa is the Kanara. The Kanara is the candle holder. The candle holder represents our roots or our African ancestors. The third symbol of Kwanzaa is the Mashuma Saba. The Mashuma Saba are the seven candles. Each candle represents a different principle in the Nguzu Saba. Our next symbol of Kwanzaa is the Kikombe Cha Umoja. The Kikombe Cha Umoja is the unity cup. All right, y'all. So, so far we talked about St. Nicholas. We talked about Christmas. We talked about Hanukkah. I mean, we talked about Kwanzaa. So, we got to talk about Hanukkah. Now, I know a lot of people are like, I don't even know much about Hanukkah. Me neither. Let's talk about it, though. So, Hanukkah is a Jewish festival commemorating the rededication of the Second Temple in Jerusalem at the time of Maccabean Revolt against the uh, Selectual Empire, and it's also known as the Festival Lights. So Hanukkah dates go from December 2nd up until, let's see, because it's seven days long as well. Let me see. One second. I'm pulling up an article about Hanukkah. So Hanukkah goes from December 2nd up until December 10th, 2018. So Hanukkah actually ended today. Today Hanukkah ends. So 
Hanukkah is observed by the Jewish people. So, you know, a lot of misconceptions, you know, a lot of misconceptions. Let's talk about um, Hanukkah, though. You know what? I'm not going to give y'all much information about Hanukkah because, number one, my opinion is biased. So what I'm going to do is play a clip about the origin of Hanukkah. Winter, Jewish families gather to light a branched candelabra called a menorah. For eight nights, they celebrate their families and celebrate their faith. The holiday is called Hanukkah, also known as the Festival of Lights. When we think of Hanukkah, we think of the menorah. Its eight flames burn in testament to a glorious victory that took place over 2,000 years ago. Around 200 B.C., the Jewish people in Jerusalem were living under Egyptian rule, though they remained largely free to work and worship in accordance with their customs. Then, in 175 B.C., Antiochus IV Epiphanes ascended to the Syrian throne, invaded Egypt, and desecrated Jerusalem. In an attempt to assimilate the Judean people, Antiochus forced them to worship Greek gods and outlawed Judaism, banning all Jewish rituals upon threat of death. The ultimate insult came in 168 BC, when Antiochus seized the Jewish holy temple in Jerusalem and dedicated it to the worship of Greek god Zeus. For a Jewish high priest named Mattathias, it was time to take a stand. Together with his five sons, Mattathias sparked a revolt, pitting the desperate Jewish faithful against vastly superior Syrian armies. The battle raged for three years. Against improbable odds, the Jewish uprising, led by Mattathias's son, Judah Maccabee, emerged victorious. Judah Maccabee and his small army of soldiers recaptured Jerusalem in 165 B.C., and liberated the Holy Temple. According to the Talmud, the Jewish high priests eagerly prepared to light the ceremonial menorah, the eternal flame which would rededicate the desecrated temple to the glory of God. But they found that the Syrians had defiled all but a small flask of oil. It was enough to light the menorah, but for a single night. Hours turned to days, and miraculously, the menorah burned on until eight nights had passed and more oil could be produced. It was time for Hanukkah, Hebrew for dedication. Against all odds, the menorah had not been extinguished, and so the flames of the branched menorah are a potent symbol of the Jews' indomitable faith. The menorah holds nine candles, with the center candle used to light one candle on each of the eight nights of Hanukkah. During Hanukkah, children play a game with a dreidel, a four-sided spinning top with a Hebrew character on each of its faces. It is thought that the dreidel began during the reign of King Antiochus, when Jews secretly gathered to study the Torah. If soldiers arrived, the Jews could pretend to be gambling. Jewish adults also give small sums of money, or gelt, to children during the holiday. And though not traditionally a holiday for gifts, Hanukkah's proximity to Christmas on the calendar has made it customary to exchange gifts on one or all of the eight nights. For Jews around the world, Hanukkah is a time to reflect on the strength and spiritual resolve of the Jewish people. It is a celebration of triumph. Holiday cheer has been spread, and now the season is seen as a time for family togetherness and good memories and gifts. 
Look at how that gifts part snuck right in there. More and more, companies look to profit off what used to be an innocent time of togetherness and celebration. But money-hungry companies have changed the definition to include trillions of dollars of profit for their companies. Not to mention the songs which top the charts yearly, earning millions in revenue. Of course, you could make an argument to say that these are all innocent features to spread the joy of the holidays. But just think otherwise for a minute. The companies inject ideas of buying their goods so that good memories will be created. But as many people argue, has this blurred the true meaning of Christmas? To answer this question once and for all, we have to zoom out a bit and look at everything going on. Sure, Christmas is full of joy and spending time with family and friends. Many people get off of work to visit and travel. Lots of cookies are made and laughs are shared. But on the other hand, there is the corporate world. Over $3 trillion are spent in retail stores just in the U.S. during the holidays, which accounts for nearly 20% of these companies' yearly profits. Social pressures will force people to spend on average $900 for a bunch of things we may not even need or use. Christmas is a good stimulant to the economy and provides many jobs during the season. But should it be that way? Well, that's up for you to decide. But in my opinion, I don't think that it's the best thing to bring festivity and consumerism together. However, I believe that the pros outweigh the cons as the holidays provide for time spent with your loved ones, which in itself creates memories much more meaningful than the ones created by a gift you may receive.